mic is hot and the game is on. You're listening to News for the Nation podcast by Aces Nation, where we talk about nutrition, sports performance, the journey of a student athlete, and more. I'm Claire. I'm Zach. Time Time to to level level up. Welcome back, sports fans. Today, we are talking about day in the life of a student athlete. Today, we got special guest, Paula Parks, who is also going to join us for this. And we're all going to talk about our experience as student athletes in college. So we can give insight to our high school and club level um, athletes. So they might have this type of information of what it might be like. Obviously, things have changed a little bit. So I'm going to also give some insight from when I was a strength coach and I had athletes over the past couple of years as well. So let's just kick it off. You know, let's talk about the the very beginning of it, right? The recruiting process. And Paula, I know that you covered a lot of this in the podcast you were on the first time. Uh, but Claire and I may have touched on this maybe once or twice very early on. Well, first or second episode potentially, but um, we're just going to kind of talk about, you know, first contacts, like, you know, what was that experience like getting in touch with the coach for the first time, like having that first uh connection and then talk about like being on campus for the first time after that so claire tell us about your experience what was the first contact you know how how was that process for you yeah so i was a walk-on i think i've mentioned that a couple times um so i didn't really go through the recruiting process i had i had small schools in like maryland reach out to me um but i really was focusing more on my academic career so athletics wasn't really in the forefront of my brain when going to college so my first experience was kind of like a really weird story of connections um you know small world type thing so i actually started doing the running club and just because i missed competing i missed running and it for sure was not what I thought it was going to be. It was like four people and they were like not really competitive. And so I was kind of back at square one, like, okay, how am I going to get into or back into running competitively without like paying for races or like joining some local, like running community with old people. And coincidentally, one of my high school friends, she was running at the university of Tampa at the time. And her roommate was friends with somebody that was on the Florida state team. And essentially they got me in contact with one of the coaches. I emailed the coach and I just kind of gave a backstory of like, Hey, this is my athletic background. You know, I just, I came to college and I just, something is missing and I'm looking to potentially walk onto the team. What would that look like? And what do I have to do to be considered? Um, I think he emailed me back, asked me for my times for um, track races, for 5K races in cross country. And then they were like, okay, well, why don't you come to like this week of practices? And then we're going to do a road race time trial. So we'll have you do that. And then if you do well, then we'll assess and let you join the team. So long story short, um, practices were fine and the road race was good. I think I got like second overall in the race. So um, that was fun. And they were like, all right, cool. You can join. I think our home meet was like a a week or two later. So I raced in that. And then we went like right into track season and it was kind of like a strange whirlwind, but that's how I got on the team. 
That was awesome. It's crazy how those like little connections like that, that you just form and all of a sudden they've got this potential to, you know, help you out along the way. Yeah. Cause I mean, if I, I wouldn't have known who to reach out to. And if I would have reached out to like the head coach who was the head men's cross country coach and like the head track coach, he probably wouldn't have even seen my email. Right. Yeah. You may have never even had that experience. So pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool, cool how that worked. Um, my experience, a little different when I was in high school, started getting recruited, you know, um, had coaches call the, call my head coach's office. We had schools come up to the, uh, my high school, um, to visit. And I even had this one coach fly down and watch my basketball game. He watched me play basketball because it was in the wintertime. Which is pretty cool, right? That's how we got recruited to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, getting recruited to play football, it could could happen from anything, right? So, um, but finally, um, I had had a couple offers and was considering what my options were. And then sometime around Christmas time, the University of Tulsa uh, kind of popped up. Um, the One of the assistant coaches at the time, Coach Bill Blankenship, uh, one of my favorite coaches ever, um, he – he got in touch with me, you know, he, he got in touch. Um, they, they brought me up for, um, an official visit. It, was, it happened really quickly. Like I want to say it happened within like a week or two. Like it was like, they contacted me, expressed interest. Okay. Let's bring you on campus, had the visit. And then it was like, I think maybe that night or the next night or something. Like after I had the visit, they offered me and. And that was my best offer at the time. And so I was like, yeah, this is great. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Um, so I accepted that night and it was crazy because I accepted the scholarship as I was driving to my high school weight room to go train that night. So that was pretty cool. You you can only imagine the energy I had when I was in there that night. Yeah. You're That's probably pumped. I was, I was, it was awesome. Uh, and I, I was very thankful for that. So like that contact, I didn't initiate it. My coach didn't initiate it. I think it was kind of like a right place, right time. Like they, they needed to, to fill another spot. And then, yeah, they contacted me. Other than that, man, I, I had people calling and I sent out stuff. I mean, it's crazy because we had CDs or DVDs back in the day for recruiting stuff so <laughs> yeah yeah you had to you had to like put your highlight tape on a dvd and then send it out in the mail right so <laughs> that's not the process today but um it's pretty cool pretty cool how like i never heard a response from a lot of people that i sent stuff out to because i think just like you said i didn't have a direct connection or like a an inner uh, like so, somebody like intervening for me right like an yeah. indirect one yeah. So that's, that's how the process went, you know, and I, I wouldn't change it. It was a, a lot of ups and downs and stuff, but it brought me where I am today. Paula, you want to recap uh, what yours was? Yeah, sure. Um, so mine is like completely different from you guys. Cause as um, y'all know, I was an international student athlete. So um it's like a completely different world. So I did reach out to a lot of schools, probably like 40. Um, I did get help from a rowing recruiting service that only like explained to me how everything worked, but then everything else was on my own. But um, I am kind of like a mixture of both of you. So like you had a connection with 
um, or connection that could get you to the coach, Claire. And then Zach, you were like a normal, um, like every other student athlete. I'm kind of in between because um, I also didn't have a connection with my coach, but she saw me in person accidentally. Um, uh, myself and my teammates, my boat, we were in Hamburg, Germany for Worlds in 2017 for Junior Worlds. Uh, and we were racing there. And my coach at the time was is German. So she was there to watch um, Junior Worlds. And so she saw us um, rowing and then went back to her email and noticed that she had an email from like two months ago from me that um, was like, hi, I want to row for you. Uh, and so that's how we connected. And then everything was pretty quickly. I think for her, um, she was thinking that I was like completely sure and had all the information I needed. And so she just continued with the process, but I, because I didn't want to be a bother, didn't want to ask basically, so am I in or not? So we just continued everything and it got to a point. I remember I sent her a Facebook message, um, because she was like asking me to buy tickets and everything. And I was like, wait, hold on. Like, do I have a full ride? Do I not have a full ride? She was like, yeah, you've had a full ride for like one, like a month or two months. And I was like, you never said that. So communication there was kind of weird, but it ended up working out. Um, and that's how I got recruited. So if I didn't go to worlds and she didn't go to worlds, she probably would have never seen my email and never recruited me. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. And then also my dad had insisted for my whole life that he uh, had to record me and put everything on YouTube. And so um, I didn't have to mail a CD, but I did include his um, very nicely edited (laughs) YouTube videos, which you can find still on YouTube because they're still there. That's Let's nice. Go. I don't think I had like any videos from anything like swimming, yeah. maybe one thing, but I never got any videos of anything. Yeah. But I think in your sports times were the only thing that they really yeah. wanted to consider at that point. Yeah. Right. Cause if For you were, me it was if, times in rowing. Yeah. Like watching me mm-hmm. do it technique wise. So yeah. Yeah. So um, I mean, that was right. Technique would, I would but yeah. All times right. Are- Let- Continuing on from there, Paula, tell us about uh, maybe a story or just what you remember about your first time being on campus. Okay. I don't think I've told you this before to any of you. I don't know why, but I was supposed to be a summer athlete. So I was supposed to start in June. So as you guys know, and people hopefully who are listening to this know, um, if you have to get a student visa to go abroad because you're not American, blah, blah, blah. Um, because it's me and it's my luck. And this is just what happens to me. Um, I went to my appointment, everything. It was like in May, so I could have time to do everything. And I get there, I do the appointment and they're like, we can't print your visa because all our systems are down. I think one of the embassies in South America got hacked. And whenever something gets hacked, everything just shuts down. So I was like, what do you mean? Like, I already have a ticket at the beginning of June to go to college. Like, I'm supposed to talk to my advisor for my classes. And they were like, well, we don't advise you to buy tickets before getting the visa. And I'm like, okay. So then I had to go back and tell my coach, "Um, hi, coach. I can't come in the summer. Can I still come in August? 
So she couldn't believe that like that whole embassy thing had happened. Um, so then my first time on campus, since we already had the tickets, were in June as tourists. So we used our tourist visas to go visit because we already had the hotels. We already had the tickets. We already had everything, right? Um, and so I went and I met all my coaches in June. Um, they gave me a tour of the campus. They gave me a tour of um, the boathouse and all of that. Um, my dad and I went around the different restaurants around campus in Orlando, which was nice. And then I flew back home and two months later, I was back on campus. Um, and my first day actually on campus, like as a student at the correct time, um, I don't think I've ever had more meetings in my life because <laughs> like you have all your student athlete meetings, but then we also had all our international meetings. Mm -hmm. So it was like, go to international orientation. And then we went to student orientation for the whole campus. And then we went to athlete orientation and then we went to do our classes. And then we went to do our like immigration things back in the international office. So I have never been more booked and busy than my first uh, time on campus. My first day as like, someone about to be a student so i can't believe that yeah the embassy thing that just blows my mind that that whole thing happened and you couldn't even start in june <laughs> my i like the feeling of your stomach dropping like i felt that physically happening i was like, like what, what is happening <laughs> And yeah. it's just because you're already so stressed because it's an interview, right? So you have to answer all these questions. You have all these different papers that they may or may not ask you for. Yeah. Um. So then I finished and I was like, oh, I did it. It's done. I'm good to go. And then she's like, nope. So. Wow. Uh, nice. So, so like, as you mentioned, uh, as a freshman, a lot of the times you start in the summer. I, I did as well. I started in June. Um, I remember me and another guy were actually the only two that started at the very beginning of June because he had family in the area and I had family that lived in the area. So we were able to stay and we, we started working out maybe a couple of weeks before every, anyone else showed up. Uh, and then quickly, like our second day of lifting, we didn't know we were supposed to be there. And I was in, I was at the hospital in my hometown visiting someone. And I don't know what he was doing, but he called me and he was like, Hey man, we're supposed to be at the weight room in like 30 minutes. I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it. Um, but anyways, so did the whole thing, right? They want us, we did summer class. Uh, we did, uh, summer training, all of that stuff my first time. And it was, uh, it was just interesting, like having just athletes or just mostly athletes in your classes and these really small groups and like just hanging out afterwards right you did all the stuff they needed to but um just cool experience of being in dorms that are a little too small and the, the hallways are super dark <laughs> and stuff like that i mean the summertime is oh. just something else what would you say all super dark i don't remember that happening well where we stayed it was like these dorms that they designated for the summertime. And it was like being in a cave when you're in the hallways. It was, it was interesting, but yeah, cool time just to be there and like have a little bit of freedom and have the opportunity to meet other people on campus and get to know your teammates a little bit better through training and stuff. Um, it was, I remember it, the, that first summer it was, it was a cool thing being on there. Um, Claire, did, did you start in August 
because of being a walk-on? Well, yeah, I started in August. Well, I obviously had a very different experience. My first time on campus was the February before. um, So the February of senior year of high school um, doing my audition. So I originally went to school for music and went for like music education and um, performance and essentially had to audition to get into the music program. So I went senior year and then obviously didn't look at really any of the athletic facilities. I think me and my mom like walked around the stadium a little bit. Um, and then I went back with my dad the summer, I think it was in June, May or June to do orientation. And we walked around a little bit more. I think we also went to the stadium and walked around some of the fields. But again, in my brain, I'm not like really correlating a lot of that stuff with things I would be involved in. Um, So I didn't really get the experience of going early and like meeting your teammates or bonding with your teammates. It was kind of like, you know, they they had already known that they were going to do that. A lot of the girls that... Um, we're in my training group. We're from Florida and they had wanted to do that since they were like freshmen in high school. And I was just kind of like, Hey, I'm here. Uh, so it was, it was a very different experience. Um, but yeah, it ended up working out fine, but it was, it was definitely funny to see the campus from like my perspective as like somebody that's going for just academics and the music program and that being on a completely side completely different side of campus than like all of the athletic buildings. Um, So once I kind of, once I was involved in both of those things, it was, it was kind of cool to have both sets. I kind of felt like I was living two different lives at one point, but, but it was cool. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, Let's talk about, um, Oh, actually, Claire, I want to know what was your audition song? Did you have more than one or, or what yeah, was the so audition you, song? You basically go in with a repertoire of these are all the, the things I've ever like practiced or can do well. And they just pick and it could be like you have to do the whole thing. You do parts of multiple. I think I ended up doing four or five. And I only I only think I got through one and the rest. It was like the the beginning, maybe like two minutes um, one to two minutes. And then you also have to do like sight reading stuff as well. Would they, would they do like, like, you know, in, um, in Americans got talent, this is kind of off topic, but Americans got talent or the singing shows mm-hmm. and someone singing and they're running a little too long and they go, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Pretty much. That's just a, they would do. Okay. That's good. But it I was would, like, that was expected. Like I went into it knowing I'm like, you're probably, they're probably going to ask you to do multiple things and they'll okay. probably stop you because yeah. I, yeah, I was prepared for that. Um, okay. Okay. Good. But you also um, walk into it. Like a lot of the things that I had done up to that, like I was used to working with a specific accompanist and you go to auditions and it's, they have oh, somebody else them your yeah. stuff and they do it. So one of the things that's helpful is just to make like a ton of marks on your music of like, if you're going to do something different, if you're going to like take a long pause, if you're going to, you know, if you're changing anything yeah. to make notes and and most of the time, they're obviously very, very good at what they do so they can follow that. Um, but that's also working too. Yeah. Well, uh, that's really good that you gave us all that explanation, but you still never told us what songs. <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't remember. Oh, okay. Okay. 
<laughs> I was so nervous. I I like blacked out during the audition. I was like, oh my god, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh, all right, um, yeah, let's I can't move. Imagine. Let's move into a day in the life. Right, just um, pick any any point in time or or make things kind of general of what your schedule would be like, and then you can tell us how it might be different in the off season, how it might be different in season, and like uh, you know what a day in the life was like for you. Um, so. Paula, as a rower, what was it like? Okay, so with rowing is a bit different because we don't really have on and off season. Um, there's racing. There's always racing and training looks the same at all, all times. Throughout. Okay. <laughs> um, so like in the fall, we have more of like long distance uh, training um, and uh, head races. So we will have some traveling in the weekends. Um and then in the spring, it's more regular 2K rowing testing and racing uh, and, and traveling in the weekends. Of course, when we're in season, which would be the spring, um, like leading up to our conference championships, uh, there's traveling every weekend. But practice is always the same. Um, with classes and everything, a typical day, it looks so... First, I try to schedule everything as if I was in high school. So I was like, I want to be done with all my classes as early as possible and have my afternoon to do nothing and then go to waste. Wait, waste. Um, not waste, waste. Um, but that was a huge mistake because if I'm up at 5.20 in rowing in the morning, I would be as asleep in my um, philosophy class at 10.15, you know? So then at first, that was kind of what my day looked like, at least at the beginning. But then once I got a hang of it, I went to my advisor and I was like, look, advisor, I cannot have classes before noon because <laughs> I will fall asleep. So then I would wake up at 525. I would get to the boathouse at around 6 a.m. Um, we would stretch and everything. And by 645, we had to be at some point in the lake. So we had to like get our oars, get our boat, get in the boat, on the uh, boat, row up to that point, and then 6.45 was there. Um, if you weren't at that point at 6.45, you had to come back and do land workouts. Um, we would row until like 9, and then uh, we had a really nice breakfast station there, so we would have breakfast or just take it with us. We had our little bowls and, and cutlery and things and cups that were labeled with our names. So um, you knew you knew that you could take your bowl and bring it back for next day. Um, and then I would nap. I remember I would nap every day. And then at noon or one, I would um, go to class and then maybe eat before or after. Uh, and then weights was usually twice a week in the afternoon. And then that was it. Um, towards the end, as our team started getting a little more competitive, I would say, um, we would have some voluntold um workouts voluntold because voluntary workouts are never volu voluntary they're never voluntary that doesn't exist i wish it existed but it doesn't um and yeah that was it and then we had offs on sunday so we still had practice on saturday off sunday um and then in the summer we had to train still but it was a voluntold training plan but we were following it um and yeah but with classes it was for me it was more kind of learning about my day and how I was feeling throughout the day. And then 
uh, end of spring, sophomore year or, or beginning of junior year, I kind of got a hang of it. And then um, I was able to structure myself better because you don't know, like coming in, you don't know. Yeah. And there are so many options of what classes you can take And your, your academic yeah. advisor doesn't know, like she wasn't a rower. She doesn't know what that's like. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, just for all the NCAA compliance officers who are listening to our podcast, it's all voluntary. <laughs> oh yeah. It's all voluntary. And we practice off season. What was it? 20 hours a week. Everyone practices within the time limit, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody always adheres to that. Everything uh, I said was alleged. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Claire, I guess you you would have a similar experience because it's all racing, right? And and you went from fall cross country to spring track as well. Um yeah, I mean it was a little different, but yeah, it was well, it was fall cross country, winter track, indoor track. Ah, yeah, so indoor. And then spring outdoor. Spring outdoor. So same thing as high school. Like it wasn't really any different. Um the only thing with indoor it was it was a much like smaller racing. Um squad but and and that season is a lot shorter too mm-hmm. um, yeah. the, the winter season so from a training perspective yes we basically went from cross country to track although the majority of us were running 5ks anyway so it was basically the same um sometimes we would run like a 3k some went up to 10k so it depended and we would kind of break into smaller training groups at, and during track um but my training schedule was all over the place. Like when I first started running, we practiced in the afternoons, which why you would do that in Florida, I don't know. But we practiced at like two or three in the afternoon. It was so terrible. Um, why? Uh, That's even know. dangerous. So, well, listen, well, in the beginning, it was the like top five really good girls. They would practice in the morning with their, my first semester there, the coach there was a little, the head coach was a little crazy. Um, so I'm very glad that I had the coaches I did, but um, they practice in the morning and the rest of us had to practice in the afternoon. So anyway, yeah, it was hot. I mean, whatever we got used to it. I was, I was running whenever I could anyway. So at that point I was kind of getting used to it, um, but we would have weights two times a week in the morning. I think it was at six and um, the rest was practice Monday through Saturday. Uh, we would alternate between like runs, long runs and workouts. So doing like repeats and stuff like that. Um, but then my, by the time I think my sophomore year, we were practicing in the morning for cross country. I think our practice, we had to be at the track at like six to load coolers and get in vans and drive to wherever we needed to go. Um, and then we'd get back at like somewhere between like eight thirty nine, mm-hmm. and that track, we still practice in the afternoon, <laughs> which was terrible. Um, I think, I think at that point they tried to split stuff up. So I think it was the girls we were practicing in the afternoon and the guys were practicing in the morning. Cause during cross country, a lot of times the girls would practice in the morning and the guys would practice in the afternoon. So I think that's some of why they did it. But um, I also think partially it was because we're not going to be racing at six in the morning. We're going to be racing 
starting at 10 a.m. through the entire day when you look at a track meet. So yeah. uh, I think it was just to get us acclimated and and it was fine. Um, you know, we had trainers out there and, and we had water. Mm-hmm. From a class perspective, again, freshman year was very different, or at least the first semester was very different from the rest of my collegiate experience because of the music program. Right. Yeah. So not only were there very small selection of classes. So I really only had one or two choices. Um, but we also had to do things that were like zero credit or one credit classes. So I was in a lot of things and you also had to take like 18 to 20 credit hours. So it was a lot. Um, we also had to do every semester you had to go to X amount of performances. So I would, you know, go to weights maybe in the morning, like have classes the whole day, you know, try and figure out meals and go to the dining hall when I could and whatever. And then I'd go to practice from maybe like two to five, um, you know, including like travel there back, get home, shower, eat dinner. And then at eight o'clock would go to one of the orchestra performances that was two and a half, three hours long, go to sleep, wake up and do it again the next day. So it was a lot. Um, and the the second semester when I wasn't in the music program anymore, it was a lot easier because I didn't have as many credit hours um, because I had tested out of like English classes or whatever. So I was just taking like the core like science classes I needed for dietetics um, and I didn't have to go to performances. I would still go to a couple here and there because I was uh, still in like the music living learning community. So my dorm was filled with a lot of music students and my roommates were in the music program. Um but otherwise, uh, classes were were fine. I think I had like two or three a day. I think I took it. One was all online. So um, after getting out of the music program, classes and figuring that stuff out was super easy because it was basically all like huge science classes. Yeah. Did they did they ever say why or what was the purpose of those zero credit yeah. classes? No, it was just, just to like, I think one of them was like the, um, the going to like the concerts, it was like zero credits, but you had to do it for whatever. Did you have to pay for it? Huh? Do you have to pay for that zero credit class at all? No, we didn't have to pay for it, but we just, it was time. So we were paying in our time, I guess. That's annoying. well, at least you didn't have to pay money for it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Why? Why are you having to go to it if it doesn't count for any credit? Well, like the one-hour credit classes, I would have rather taken a three-hour credit class. Absolutely. Yeah. Three times a week versus going once a week, but having to then add like three other classes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I had some one, uh, one day a week classes, but they were all three credits. Yeah. They were like know. three hours long, so. Um, it, was, it was strange. Yeah. yeah. But our credit, like I had labs that were like one hour credits, but that made sense because it was like once a week. Yeah. 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 And it's just an addition of what you learn in the classroom. Yeah. Right? Kind of putting that theory into practice at that point. Yeah. But like the food, like Paula, you mentioned you had um, food available there. The food part was hard for me too, because of being on the opposite side of campus I couldn't get to the athlete dining hall. I think the only time I really ate there was like after, um, after practice for breakfast, but the rest of the time I had to either eat at the dining hall by my dorm, which was disgusting or like figure it out. So the nutrition part for me was very hard. And, 
uh, at the time, I think number one, being a walk on, I had a lot harder time getting accessibility to some of the support staff and some of the resources available. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and which I can tell a couple of stories about that, but, um, also with just like the, the nutrition piece of that part too, just when I was there, I didn't know a ton about it, but there was a lot of catering to football as well. So some of the other sports were, were overlooked. Yeah. Well, it's different for football at different times, right? So when you were in college, football had probably their own dining staff or whatever, their own place to eat, right? Like they have a training table or anything like that. No, I know I didn't when I was in college, but uh, when I was getting recruited, um, Vanderbilt was one of the schools recruiting me and they had their own training table for, you know, athletics and probably specifically football in general. So I know a lot of big, big time schools have those funds and have those spaces um, allocated for mostly football or uh, big revenue sports, things like that. So, um, well, I think the only reason they didn't have that is because it wasn't a separate facility for football. So it was mm-hmm. you know, football, their locker room was in the stadium, but everybody like the sports nutrition department was in the stadium and the athlete dining hall was in the stadium. So like they didn't have their own separate facility or necessarily like space aside from the field house and the the indoor practice facility. Um, so I think that's the only reason why they didn't have that. Um, I believe that is coming to those athletes. Oh, that camera just, okay. Um, the camera just went in and out all by itself. Um, but I think that's the only reason why they didn't have that was because they didn't have a separate facility. So, but I do know a lot of big programs have that, which makes sense. Yeah. We yeah, somehow sure. got budget for breakfast and we had our own facility. Like the boathouse was like 10 minutes away. Um, yeah. And we really advocate or our coaches really advocated for a breakfast budget. Cause a lot of us, like not everybody was as lucky as me to have um, classes available that were, after lunch, you know, or like some people had a nine 30 class. So they would go straight from the boat to their car, to their class. Yeah. I did that a lot. Uh, I would run. That's (laughs) crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. I mean, I had a similar experience to both of you. Mostly everything was pretty similar where you had like your training, whether that was uh, lifting weights or having conditioning was done in the morning had your classes in the middle, you had your practice or meetings, maybe both after that. And then at the very end for freshmen or for people who were trying to get their GPA up, we had study hall in at night in the um, academic services building that was above us. So, I mean, that was probably the toughest thing for me as a freshman was dealing with that schedule of we've got a uh, 6 a.m. lift, then I've got all these classes to go in there. And then, um, then I have to go to meetings. Then I have to go to practice. Then I have to find time to eat dinner. And then all, oh yeah, got to go to study hall till nine, nine o'clock or nine 30 or something like that at night. So, um, yeah, freshman year was a little bit tough, but from the perspective of being a strength coach, 
in college now in this time, I think things are fairly similar. Obviously, there are different lifting and practice times that happen just like we would experience the different um Although you talked about meetings for internationals. I know that they have a lot more meetings just because of things that they need to cover and talk about. And I mean, maybe some services and some help tips along the way for them. Uh, but I know that there are a lot more of like clubs, organizations, there are a lot more activities happening on campus. So kit like athletes, even if they're not getting credit for it, they're having the opportunity to go do stuff, which is great. Right. But it also takes, you know, it takes your time and it can affect your schedule. So I think just being mindful of, what you're doing, you should go do those things, right? Go have your college experience, meet new people, do something fun that's on campus and being provided to you. Also be aware of what you have the next morning, you know, because I mean, Claire, you mentioned it too. You don't want to have to do this long schedule and then have to wake up the morning, the next morning, and then just do it again, right? And you can only do that so long before it just really wears you down. So uh, I, I feel like our experiences may be a little bit different as far as like how we got recruited and all that process because things change, right? Everyone's using social media and stuff nowadays, but pretty much the time management is always going to be the same. There may just be different things inserted into different times, you know? So um, before we close this out, do either of you have like a, a funny story or something you thought was really cool from your time in college that you want to share? If, if you don't have anything off the top of your head, that's fine. I do have, I do have something. Oh, wait, go ahead, Claire. I was just going to say something that was really cool um, that I took from Florida state that if any athlete has this at their university, I would 100% advise going to was a leadership and development program. So specifically at Florida State, our first, the first one was the women in leadership and development um, called WILD. And I, at first I didn't go just because it was at night. And like I said, I was, you know, kind of trying to figure out these concerts and then going to those, but I'm so glad I went because um, the woman that led it is phenomenal. She's still, she's one of my good friends today. Um, And it just helped bring together a lot of the female athletes from different sports, because, you know, in your day to day, you're, you're with your teammates. You don't necessarily go out of your comfort zone to befriend other people, unless maybe Paula, if you're an international student, maybe, you know, people from your country or whatever, and that makes it a little bit easier. Um, But not only that, I think just a lot of the lessons that we learned and a lot of the things that we were taught, you can apply to, your life in any stage of your life. So I am super glad that I did that. And if I, I wish every university would offer that, I'm sure a lot offer some, something like that. Um, but if you're an athlete and you're on the fence about it, just do it. So yeah, absolutely. Not a funny story. Um, I was, mine's not even a funny story either. It's just, just a very cool thing that we did as a team um, and just like as an athletic department. So Zach, when you were, um, you were talking about like, go live your college experience. Right. I think that sometimes we, I mean, not sometimes, but when we're talking about the college experience, we have to think about those athletes that, um, can't and have to find things to support themselves, um, and, and work. Cause uh, a lot of us have, like I had a full ride, for example, but something I didn't think about was, okay, so who's going to pay for my phone plan? 
who's going to pay for like, if I want to go to the movies, if I want to buy new shoes, like, you know, there's so many things. So something that my team used to do a lot with internationals, because with internationals, it's harder to get a job. Um, we had like an unofficial partnership with um, like fan services, which was a very easy job for internationals to do. And we could um, work at basketball games, football games, soccer games, all the different um, like more revenue making or, or crowd gathering sports that you would need like fan experience people. Um, and so it was just like a known thing that if you went, if you had an international or a student on your team that needed um, help getting a job, you would help them get into some sort of like fan services thing. Um, I worked at, at, at football. Like I was, I worked at the um, like VIP areas. So very humbling experience, especially in Florida, because it's hot, especially mm -hmm. during football season, which I mean, when you have a noon game, when you have a <laughs> 2 p.m. game, when you have a 4 yeah. p.m. game and you have to be at the stadium four hours early and then yeah. coming from practice, yeah. um, it was like shower and then go. But my bosses and supervisor were supervisors were always very understanding because we had that relationship. Like if I was, if I were to say, Hey, I have a 2k test on Saturday morning. Um, can you put me in like a lost and found tent so I can be sitting down for five hours after my 2k test? It'll be like, no, of course, like we won't make you go up and down the, the stadium stairs with the flag for every time the team scores, you know, cause I did that before it was like yeah. a workout after a workout, but um, it was really, really nice to have my team who would help each other um, find ways to get money to get work, which is very yeah. nice. I, I agree. Game day operations, they usually like to employ students, you know, for yes. some money. So that's, that's definitely yes, a it, good it's, thing. It's good for them because a lot of the people who are going to the VIP areas are donors or soon to be donors or like season ticket pass holders, whatever. So they get to chat with us and, and learn about what we're doing and all that. So yeah. Yeah. That's a good point right there. All right, That's everyone. True. Oh, my mm -hmm. funny story. I don't, I don't really yeah. have a funny story that I could tell off the top of my head. You really. Zach, you don't have a funny story. <laughs> you have been sitting on something that you want to that tell joke. us. That's it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I really, um, I really enjoyed my elective classes my senior year because they were just really fun what so did you that, choose as your electives uh well i had to do a like professional writing class this is the one i'll tell this was pretty cool so i had to do a professional okay. writing class as a part of like uh your senior graduation there's a senior level class only we had to give a presentation at the end a group presentation my group decided to do a presentation on the history of roller coasters and of course <laughs> It was great. So we, what we did at the very beginning is we lined up all the chairs in the room two by two and had everyone sit in there. And then we played a, a, a point of view video of going on a roller coaster and we got <laughs> everyone to be interactive with their arms and stuff. It was, it was pretty fun. What roller coaster was it that you put on? Uh, I think it was a Six Flags roller coaster. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, yeah, that was probably, that was really cool. Really cool uh, experience to have that uh, during my senior year. So um, 
hope everyone found this um, informational, you know, um, and if you definitely have any questions about our experiences in particular, or maybe just about what we have seen and what we know about the process from the other side um, of being a student athlete, reach out to us. Um, you can go to find us on our website, acesnation.org. You can find our contact information under the team tab. So um, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, we will catch you on the next one. Thanks, Paula. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks for yeah. coming back. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah.